Coming up on AEA Amplified, new products hit the market from Mid-Continent Instruments and Avionics and True Blue Power. From the Aircraft Electronics Association, this is AEA Amplified, a podcast for aviation's technology experts, with your host, Jeff Hill. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company, providing full cockpit upgrade solutions of customizable EFIS displays, UHF and VHF aircraft radios, and autopilots, plus much more for retrofit and OEM factory fit aircraft. To learn more about the upgrade solutions, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Hi again, everyone. I'm your host, Jeff Hill, for this June 21st, 2023 edition of AEA Amplified. And it was only a few weeks ago at the AEA convention in Orlando when we had 33 companies unveil new products and services to the avionics marketplace. And today, I'm excited that we are able to shine the spotlight on one of those companies that unveiled some really cool innovations. And I know we'll bring music to the ears of aircraft owners and AEA dealers alike. So I am excited to welcome our guest, who is the Senior Vice President of Technology and Products for Mid-Continent Instruments and Avionics, Mr. Matt Hara. Matt, thank you so much for joining us again here on AEA Amplified. And we actually had you on previously on the podcast a couple of years ago, back in March of 2021, when you first introduced the Flex MD23 series, and now you're back at it again with more new products to talk about. So let's start, I guess, with the brand new Flex Digital Standby Package. What exactly is the Flex Digital 3-Pack? Well, Jeff, uh, first off, thanks for having me back on. It's uh, always great to be supporting uh, the Aircraft Electronics Association, and you know, we're pretty excited about the Flex Digital 3-Pack. Uh, as a, as I know most of your listeners will, will recognize that Midcon Instruments and Avionics, we've been in the mechanical gyro instrument business going back to 1964, uh, 59 years now. And as we continue to evolve as a company, one of the things we saw coming out of COVID in particular and the disruption that that had in so many businesses was that a lot of the kind of bespoke components that make up mechanical instruments, especially in the gyro realm, uh, as well as in the altimetry kind of world, uh, became really hard to get. A lot of the kind of companies that were making those components, for lack of a better description, are kind of mom and pop shops. Uh, not a big supply base for those kinds of instruments. You know, we've been dealing with digital for so many years. And we definitely felt it, you know, we see it, we experience it every day, trying to continue to service and repair legacy mechanical instruments and gyros. And as we saw that it's harder and harder to get a hold of parts, we were really concerned about the ability to keep some of that moving forward. We said, you know, how do we address this issue that we see, which is maintaining uh, these mechanical uh, and aneroid-based components? We said, we've got our flex product, the MD23, uh, you know, we've got pedostatic, you know, absolute differential pressure sensors in one variant. We've got a great inertial measurement unit in another. So, you know, why don't we just look at our own product line to solve this kind of emerging problem of maintaining, especially two and a quarter inch, or what's also known joining the industry as two inch uh, mechanical instruments. And, that's where, you know, we once upon a time had 
a series of three two-inch standbys, kind of at the beginning of the glass panel revolution. And I'm sure everybody remembers that. And so you know, we were we were making those instruments. We had our uh, 4200 gyro, the lifesaver, uh, which was a two-inch gyro with a battery backup. We had two-inch altimeters uh, and two-inch airspeed indicators. We said, you know, those are the most difficult ones to fix. Uh, at this point, you're trying to find those major components is just incredible. So we said, we've got Flex, let's just use Flex. And so we had a great launch pad to develop these three new products. So we're replacing our original mechanical three-pack. You know, that, was a, that was a big push, especially for any of the you know, King Air G1000. Uh, is a great example of a platform that had a lot of those installed when that uh, program kicked off. And so, you know, we'll just we'll do it with Flex. And so that's where it came in. We were able to utilize the pedostatic-based solution of our uh, MD23 hardware line and our IMU-based or AHARS, the way a lot of folks would think of it, uh, product to create a new digital three-pack that can help fill in the, the space for where the mechanicals have traditionally been. And Matt, you may have touched on this a little bit, but why are these units uh, such a great alternative to, uh, or an upgrade, I guess, to some of the other standbys that are out there? You know, the real beauty of these units is just really the simplicity in size uh, and the easy to get, uh, how easy they are to get in the aircraft. And one of the things we always see as a challenge is that if you're trying to replace a mechanical instrument, you know, they're drilling pretty deep. You know, they can be 8 to 10 inches long uh, pretty easily, sometimes even longer, depending on what it is. And with these instruments, they can fit in the existing panel. And so from a customer standpoint, especially when you look at kind of the target market, which has kind of been these turbine aircraft that have a lot of these two-inch indicators put in there, cutting a new panel isn't really an option to go and put in another solution. And so by being able to fit in the same standard two-inch, you know, two-and-a-quarter-inch hole, uh, it works perfectly. And uh, the simplicity behind it, you know, just if you've got – you know, the standard four pin connector, which comes into the back of most of these kind of mechanical instruments, you know, as well as your you know, and static lines, obviously, and, and an air driven uh, component. It's really straightforward. Uh, all, we need just the same things. We need power and ground. Um, you know, they can also take care of lighting. And so, you know, those are taken care of. You got the pedostatic inputs. And even on the gyro side, and this is one of the things I'm really excited about and really happy about the. MD23 flex attitude indicator is that this particular unit it's power and ground and then you can hook it up to the lighting bus if you want you know so you can use a rheostat or you can use the built-in dimmer but literally it's two wires there's no need for gps there's no need for airspeed it's incredibly simple you're replacing a thing that's probably got you know a four pin connector on the back maybe a couple more depending on on the model but it's really simple and so now you've got a product that can easily replace a mechanical thing, and especially at a price point, you know, when you it, it really gets to be challenging when you look at what it costs to try to repair and overhaul some of these two inch instruments in particular. You know, smaller does not necessarily mean it's less expensive, it means it's much more bespoke. And, you know, these are and really niche things and they're hard to do. You know, when you get something that small, talk about Swiss watch, right? It, it takes that to the next level. Uh, so, now you've got something all digital, highly reliable, um, that is a quick drop and replacement and at a cost that in some cases may be, you know, as much as half the cost of just a repair, you can install a brand new unit that's got this great extended life. 
So really exciting uh, for a lot of reasons for that. Definitely for the customer facing uh, aspect. If you're flying around in your airplane and you've got a you know, multi-thousand dollar overhaul staring you in the face because something, you know, obviously has gotten out of limits because it's 20, 30 years old. Now you can go fully digital, get a higher degree of reliability and save yourself possibly some money on trying to do an overhaul to an instrument. And I know something, you know, that the avionics shops out there would be interested in. You talked a little bit there about the installation requirements, but how long does the installation actually take? You know, it really kind of depends on the airplane. And, you know, I, I kind of jokingly say that, you know, once you figure out how to get, the, you know, get back behind the panel, uh, it's probably going to take you longer to do the paperwork for the FAA than it is for you to get the thing installed. Um, you know, we do know that, you know, the world floats on a sea of paper. And you know, we're, we're acutely aware of that, having built a 145 repair station and a Part 21 uh, new production facility. But, you know, the reality is we generally look at this as being probably about a, you know, it's a job you can get done in a day. Uh, depending on the airplane, you might be able to get it done even faster. You're really talking about repinning connectors. Uh, you don't have to do all three at once. You know, if you just need to do one, you just have a bad, you know, attitude indicator. There are a lot of uh, kind of old jet gyros out there that were in that two-inch family that made it into a lot of different aircraft. You know, that's in a pretty straightforward replacement uh, at the end of the day. So, you know, kind of depends on the panel, but I say, you, know, you should be able to get this done. Uh, I would think even if you did all three in a day or, or less of time, uh, again, just kind of dependent on the airplane and the complexity of the panel. I know the shops are going to like that. And, and can you tell us uh, exactly what type of aircraft uh, are STC approved so far for the, uh, for the Flex Digital 3-pack? We do have an AML STC. Uh, it's focused on Part 23 airplanes today. And we're looking at Part 25 platforms in the future. On the Part 23 side, it's a lot of turbine aircraft. And so uh, when you look at kind of the target market, it's been uh, you know, some great examples. I'll go from the small end on up, but, <clears throat> you know, it's, Airplanes like the Cessna Corvallis, the, what were originally the Lancer Columbias, came out with two-inch instruments, initially the LC-40 and 41, to use the FAA uh, nomenclature. Those airplanes, uh, PA-46s, so you're talking about the Piper Malibu uh, Mirage family there, the Meridian, uh, were good targets um, for the use of two-inch instruments. Then kind of on up through the line, uh, a lot of twin Cessnas, you move into the Citation family, uh, especially the original Citations and the CJs uh, were all, you know, had two-inch backups that were in, in the panel. So, uh, you know, there's a few other cats and dogs in there. I'll say, you know, uh, Aerostars, Navajos, Chieftains, things like that. But um, really focusing on kind of the cabin class twin as well as those real high-performance singles where a two-inch instrument fit. And so those are all covered today on our AML STC. Um, and, you know, we, we chose those because those are the most likely targets to already have a two-inch hole in the panel that you want to reuse. And you did you touched a little bit there on the, the cost effectiveness of the product, but is there any uh, specific pricing that, that you can uh, talk about for the Flex Digital 3-pack? Sure thing. So, um, you know, from a 3-pack standpoint, if you were to be so inclined to do all three, there is a – a bit of a bonus in that we do have a uh, package pricing for that that comes at a list price of $15,000. You can do all three instruments. Um, from there, if you need to break it down on an individual basis, uh, the attitude indicator has a list price of $6,500. The digital airspeed uh, and altimeter both are $5,500. So you can see you get a little bit of kind of the package pricing deal if you do all three, but they are available individually. 
Very cool. And once again, we are visiting with Matt Hara. He's the Senior Vice President of Technology and Products for Mid-Continent Instruments and Avionics here on AEA Amplified, sponsored by our friends at Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. And Matt, uh, I know you're not done there. You have more news to share in the, in the form of new products, uh, also announced at the AEA convention uh, in Orlando a few weeks ago. True Blue Power unveiled two new lithium-ion mainship batteries, and that's the certified TB14 and the TB2812V. What can you tell aircraft owners and your dealers about these new batteries? Well, you know, Jeff, we do love our batteries uh, at True Blue Power. That has been something that uh, we've been very passionate about uh, since you know, our, our CEO and President uh, Todd Winter launched us down this path you know, going boy, almost 13 years ago now for True Blue Power. And you know, we had the first TSO lithium-ion mainship battery uh, in aviation. And the initial products that we made were larger capacity batteries, really focused in a turbine environment. Um, you know, we've really kind of, I'll say we've kind of slogged our way through the new and novel of lithium-ion mainship batteries and standby backup batteries uh, for a number of years. You know, for us, it's no longer new and novel. It's old hat. And the one thing that we realized we were missing was, you know, our TB17 had been one of our earliest batteries. It's a, it's a great product. Uh, it is incredibly robust. You know, it's one of the things with the team here that I just am so proud of is the quality of the products that we build, you know, starts at the design and then it goes into the production. Uh, and the TB17 was one of these things that in the most high vibration environments, helicopters in particular, of all shapes, sizes, and varieties, you know, it's just been a rock star. Uh, incredibly durable. You know, these batteries last eight to 10 years, you know, compared to a lead acid battery that, you know, kind of depending on your experience, you know, I think, you know, 12 to 18 months is feeling pretty good. And 24 months, you know, dip that thing in gold because it's it's a great battery. Um, and so we're really proud of the fact that we can go, you know, three, four times longer in terms of life uh, with this battery. And we said, you know, we just don't have something that's quite small enough, light enough at the right price point to get down into the lighter end of GA. So we said, all right, let's step back. How are we going to do that? The technology that we've been using uh, on our bigger batteries didn't really lend itself as well. Uh, and a lot of that was kind of kind of price point driven. You know, we use pretty bespoke cells uh, inside those uh, larger batteries, and it's been a big part of their success. But we were able to find a different kind of cell, still uses the same chemistry, uh, which is a lithium iron phosphate, and that's the core chemistry we use in our lithium batteries. And for the listeners out there, if you don't know lithium batteries, I'm not going to bore you too much. You can go out. Um, to our website and learn a lot more about that or lithiumexperts.com to pick up on some good training uh, around lithium batteries, but there's multiple chemistries. That's the most important thing to realize, and they're not all created equal. And lithium iron phosphate uh, for a mainship battery and what we're trying to do in aviation is an incredibly safe formula that doesn't suffer from the typical kind of lithium challenges that you see and hear about, you know, your iPad catching on fire or your scooter, you know, bursts into flames in your homes or whatever. Um, lithium iron phosphate, it, one of the benefits is it doesn't really generate enough oxygen to sustain a flame when they get hot. And when they get hot, they go to about 350 C, which is a lot of other lithium chemistries go up to 1500. So it's important to understand that these are a lithium iron phosphate battery that bring a level of safety into the mix. 
Uh, and along with that, that same chemistry gives us a much lighter weight than what you get with lead acid. We typically are about half of the weight of a lead acid battery and a lithium iron of the same kind of uh, power capacity, so the number of vampires. And so as we looked downstream and said, look, we've got this other cell. It's great. It's a little bit lower cost. It's uh, still lightweight. still has the kind of performance we expect. And so we developed the TB14, which is a 14 amp hour, 28 volt battery. Um, and that's really targeted. Uh, you know, we're looking at things like, you know, Cirrus, Cessna 182-206. You know, airplanes have got these bigger kind of six-cylinder piston engines. You really want robust starting. And that's one of the things that lithium really gives you is this ability to get a lot of power very quickly as well as recharge very quickly. And so with that, what you're going to find is it you're going to get hot starts that are much more effective, right? So now you've got a hot start. You're going to be able to get that engine to spin and turn. And so the other benefit is now when your starter's engaged, your starter's not as engaged as long. And so it doesn't matter if it's a piston engine starter or a starter generator and a turbine engine, the ability to reduce the duty cycle on that starter or starter generator is incredibly important to the longevity of that component. The longer it runs, the hotter it gets. And so you want to get a bunch of power into it. You want to get to go. You want to turn, and then you want to disengage. And that's exactly what we designed these batteries to do. Um, and so when you've got that hot start, you've got those challenging conditions. This battery is going to start that engine uh, quickly and reliably every single time. And so the TB14 brings that down into this piston engine world at, at a price that you're going to be able to afford. Uh, and again, we're expecting these things to last six, eight years pretty easily, maybe even as much as 10, you know, kind of time will tell there, but we definitely know you're going to get substantially longer life than what you're going to see out of anything on a lead acid battery. And then the 28-12V, it's a little, little confusing here. Our, our nomenclature has always been around the amp hours of the battery. So a TB28 is a 28 amp hour, 12 volt battery. Everybody, since this is AEA, they'll be able to do the math and understand 14 amp hour, 28 amp hour, and why that changes when you go down to 12 volts. But uh, bringing in basically the same size package uh, into a 12 volt uh, battery, which is something we've never done before. This is our first 12 volt battery. Uh, to go down, especially into the experimental market and into in some of the older aircraft out there, still have 12 volt systems. There's an awful lot of airplanes out there in the piston engine world on the, in the certified side. They're still running 12 volt systems. And so you know, if you got a legacy, you know, 172 or uh, you built your own, you know, Vans RV, pick a model uh, airplane. This is a great battery to put in there. Again, lightweight. You're talking about both of these batteries, right around 11 pounds, 10 to, about 10 and a half, 11 pounds, a little variation there. Uh, and, you know, just a tiny form factor. And one of the challenges we found is that you get so much power on such a small package, we're actually having to work with our certification partners to make inserts to hold the battery to keep it from dropping through the battery box and ending up on the ground, uh, which is a great problem to have. You know, smaller, lighter, faster. Uh, that's what it's all about. And these batteries are going to deliver on that. Um, and we're really excited about it. I'm, you know, we're we're aircraft owners and operators here at McConnell Instruments. That's one of the things I love about our company is we're passionate about it. We all fly. Um, number of us have our own airplanes you know this is that kind of product it's like if i could make something for myself what would i make you know this is one of those areas where it's like i just i want our battery so bad my airplane uh, because i know uh, what it's going to do for me and i know the benefits and definitely uh, if you've got an airplane like mine i'm a little nose heavy 
in my airplane. I wish I could move my CG aft a little bit. Um, you know, here it is. I can, you know, take a bunch of weight out in a battery. I'm in. Um, you know, it's going to help me out at the end of the day. So, you know, we say we start, uh, we start lighter, we start faster, and we start smarter. And uh, it really goes down to being light, getting great engine starts that go quickly that are going to be better for your starter generator, just get you a better experience as a customer. And then uh, the last one to start smarter is that we do measure things like state of charge, state of health very accurately. It's one of the strengths of our battery line, actually, uh, in general. These batteries are no exception. We're trying to minimize any additional wiring uh, that has to go in as far as enunciation. Uh, but if you want the full meal deal, you want it to tell you everything, you really want to know what's going on with your battery, we've got that option. Uh, we'll tell you all the information you ever wanted to know and more or not. It's just you know, personal preference. We're trying to build in that flexibility. Yeah, and I think you mentioned the weight there was around 10 or 11 pounds for both of them. I'm just, I'm curious, are the, uh, are those batteries, I guess, the, the smallest and or the, the lightest main ship batteries that your company has ever developed? For us, absolutely. Um, you know, for, for a main ship battery, these things are setting some, some new standards for us in terms of size and weight. Um, you know, we've generally been, you know, just about kind of in the 18 pound range uh, with our TB17 and our cylindrical cells uh, that go in and formulate that particular battery. But yeah, it's been uh, pretty amazing to see what we can get out of using this new cell technology and uh, where we've been able to go just, you know, said size and weight wise. I think it's really impressive and we're definitely going to have these. If anybody's going up to Oshkosh and AeroVenture, uh, we're going to have these up there. Uh, you got to come by, you got to check it out. It's, it really is kind of surprising. It's one of those things that you think it's going to weigh a ton. You're like, I'm about to pick up an anvil. And you walk over and you grab a hold of it, and all of a sudden you realize it's really light. It kind of startles you uh, when you pick it up. You're like, wow, this thing, is this real? It's like, yeah, that's it. That's that's the real deal. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of mind-boggling when you see it. And it was, uh, it's always fun. Uh, they're a great product. We're really excited and can't wait to, to get these out there and flying and, and everybody's airplanes. Yeah, Matt, I think you touched on it a little bit for both of them, but I, just for the aircraft owners out there who, who might be listening, uh, specifically, can you can you uh, confirm or reconfirm, I guess, the, the type of aircraft that each of those batteries are designed for? Yeah, so they're, they're really designed, both of them, for the uh, lighter end of general aviation, X-wing aircraft. Um, we're, not, we're not there with these batteries on helicopters. The vibration and some of the environmental things are awfully hard. Uh, on batteries, uh, and so we really start with helicopter batteries that are TB17, and then on up the line. Uh, these guys are made for the fixed-wing Piper, Cessna, Cirrus, Mooney, Beach uh, kind of platforms, you know, the heart of our general aviation environment, as well as the experimental market. Uh, these are TSS-certified batteries. They've been through the whole process, uh, and so they've got good pedigree. They've been through a lot of testing. Uh, but just because they've got TSO doesn't mean that uh, it precludes them from going into an experimental home build. So, you know, we, we really encourage people to take a look at that and those applications. And, uh, you know, the guys that I think are going to really appreciate these batteries at the end of the day, and I've got to say this because it's one of the things that sometimes gets missed. If you are supporting a flight school, if you're a flight school owner or operator, and you've got batteries that are typically you're flying for an hour, right? That's the typical flight profile for a student. Um, if you're going up and it's do a start, fly for an hour, come back, the cycles that you get on batteries is really hard. The cycles do as much damage to any battery as anything else. Well, with lithium batteries, we can find that we can get up to 10,000 cycles out of a lithium ion battery. And that's incredible. 
And because we've got a lot of, we can push the, the current out, you know, very quickly at the beginning, we also recharge very quickly. And so you can go from completely depleted back to a full charge in less than 15 minutes. And so now when you have a student, you're going to go out, your student instructor hop in that airplane and they're doing, you know, constant sorties all day long, uh, flying for an hour at a time. What you're able to do is get a battery back up to full charge each time. So that means each time you're getting a really robust engine start, which means you've got backup emergency power actually available in the airplane if something else should happen. And that's just, that's a beautiful thing. You know, when you look at the capacity checks on most batteries, a lot of these owners, they're going to say, oh, I've got 80, I've got less than 80%. I've got to get a new battery. You know, that happens every 12 to 18 months. And that's only when you're at the charger. That's, that's probably the best case scenario going in annually and getting it checked. We're going to get you, as much of the capacity of that battery as humanly possible within 15 minutes. And so now you've got that extra power that you need to give you that satisfaction and that kind of safe feeling that you can get of going, ah, I've got that battery. I can get this thing on the ground. If I don't have an alternator, something happens. And so that extra bit of safety, the quick recharge, you know, the number of cycles it can take, the number of years are going to last. It just makes such great economic sense to the flight school operator to be looking at this kind of technology to really help their operation fly those airplanes. They don't make any money sitting in an hangar. You got to be flying them. And the last thing you want to do is be charging out, changing out starters, changing out batteries, because that's downtime. that doesn't have a good return on your investment. You'll get that back out of these. Uh, and so that's a great use case, especially in that, you know, the Cessna Diamond Piper kind of family uh, that are being used in our training fleets today. Well, Matt, in, in other company news uh, that I wanted to ask you about, uh, and I know you're you're coming to us today or chatting with us today from your headquarters in Wichita, Kansas, but um, you also recently announced that your West Coast facility uh, for Mid-Continent Instruments and Avionics um, is relocating from Van Nuys uh, to Chatsworth in California. So uh, why the move, and has that move been completed yet? Yeah, so the move is done. Um it was something that kind of bummed us out. We loved being on the Van Nuys airport. Uh, it's one of those things where you know, we had been a tenant in a building for 20 years. And uh, you, when your landlord changes, and I know there's probably a lot of people that have got their own businesses sitting here, you know, listening to this podcast, it can probably empathize a little bit and go, yeah, I know it is. You know, either your rent goes up or all of a sudden they want to change out what they're doing with the building. In our particular case, there were three of us that were tenants in the building, new landlord. They wanted to consolidate it down you know, get a single tenant in there and we said, all right, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? We've got a strong commitment out in California. Um, you know, that facility in Van Nuys has been great at giving us a couple hours of time zone difference for our customers out on the West coast. Um, and then as well as uh, giving us a little extra coverage for the Asia Pacific region. Uh, and we said, you know, we're going to stay there. So we want to find someplace close. Uh, we wanted to try to make it as convenient as we could for all of our teammates uh, that were out there in Van Nuys. We see you know, we got a good location up in Chatsworth. It's about 15 minutes north, not a big deal. Uh, and so we were able to secure that space and just move up to Chatsworth. Uh, and really pretty excited about it because one of the things we've noticed over the years, and again, you know, as business owners would, would think about this, sometimes you stay in the same facility, you've, you've got to make changes uh, in order to to try to keep the, the flow going smoothly and not all buildings allow you to do that as, as efficiently as you want. And so we said, you know, at least, you know, turn the frown upside down. Yeah, we got to move, but by going up to Chatsworth, we've got a better facility in terms of really optimizing the flow, uh, being able to keep pace with the growth that we've experienced over the years. 
uh, you know, and it's, it's going to work out really well. Uh, we've been there for about a month. Uh, I think the transition is pretty seamless. Uh, you know, we've, we've been really fortunate. The FAA has been uh, really good to work with. Uh, you know, you got to put a shout out there. There are some really great folks working at the FAA and, you know, the team uh, that we work with out in California is, uh, and Wichita both have been, you know, really good to us and we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it helps that we've got our act together. You know, we do things by the numbers and uh, when you perform well, it makes it easy. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're glad to have that move behind us. Uh, we're planning on being there for quite a while to come and you know, look forward to continuing to, to service customers there. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking here in Wichita even and, you know, what what's coming here next. Um, so, you know, you might even be getting some, some more news uh, out of out of what we plan to do here as well. Uh, but, you know, we're, we want to build more product for our customers. We want to continue to service more product. And uh, to do that, we continue to optimize all of our facilities and Chatsworth, which is kind of the first step in that in that direction. Well, we certainly can't wait for the for even more new products to come out from me. And congratulations on that move out there on the West Coast. I guess uh, before we before we let you go, is there anything else uh, you'd like to add that we haven't covered yet? You know, Jeff, uh, we're just really excited about the you know the three pack is back. Uh, so you've got those two inch round dial mechanical instruments. Don't don't think about overhauling them. Uh, we'll still do it. Give us a call if you really want to overhaul. Give us a ring. Uh, we're still that company. We still love to do that as well. Uh, but we also have a great cost-effective solution for you for the long term in the Flex Digital 3-Pack, and we're excited about that. Uh, I tell you, that I kind of get excited. It's, I never thought I'd get excited talking about, you know, an attitude indicator or an altimeter, but uh, we've added a lot of different functionality into them. You know, the standby altimeter also has a VSI. We did some things where the markings match. We've got trend indicators, so what you're used to seeing on your glass panel, you can see in these indicators as well. And so it makes a much more seamless transition. It really modernizes the panel. So, you know, it's kind of the last plug around that. Uh, you know, we're excited to have them. Give us a call. We've got them. You know, it's one of the things we have bounced back out of the uh, supply chain crunch that everybody's living through. Uh, and we've got product on the shelf, so give us a call. You know, whether it's clocks, USBs, uh, MD23 Flex 3-packs, uh, batteries, you know, we've got the stuff ready to go. So uh, pretty exciting to, to see the industry doing as well as it is. Um, you know, kudos to everyone who's who's come through that particular challenge. And, uh, yeah, we're excited to be a part of the industry. We're looking forward to, to moving on. Well, Matt Harris, thank you again for joining us here today on AEA Amplified. And, uh, of course, our listeners out there can learn more about the Flex Digital 3-Pack from Mid-Continent Instruments and Avionics. They can learn about that online at their website. That's mcico.com. Again, that is mcico.com. And you can also check out the new lithium-ion batteries from True Blue Power, and that's at TrueBluePowerUSA.com. Um, I'm also pleased to share that Avionics News Magazine uh, is going to have more coverage of each of these new products, and that'll be in the upcoming July edition. So stay tuned for that. The digital edition, of course, will publish on the first day of the month on July the 1st. So uh, be looking for that. And you can also pick up a free copy of that edition at this year's AirVenture Oshkosh. Just stop by the AEA booth. And speaking of Oshkosh, uh, aircraft owners can also stop by the AEA booth and register for a chance to win $1,000 toward an avionics upgrade. Um, that will all be happening at Whitman Regional Airport, uh, booth number 2035, beginning on July the 24th. 
and the AEA will announce one winner each day from July 24th through the 28th via its social media outlets. So be sure you're following AEA on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to find out who those winners are. And aircraft owners, you must be at least 18 years old to register to win. Uh, each of those five winners must also use an AA member company to complete the installation. So for official rules and contest entry forms, visit the AA's booth uh, next month at AirVenture Oshkosh in Wisconsin. And also, let me remind our listeners that the avionics training schedule is set now for the summer months, and that's at the AEA's classroom at headquarters in Lee Summit, Missouri. There are several in-person and virtual classes that are available, uh, but seating is limited. Uh, you can learn more about each of those courses uh, as well as enroll and save your seat by visiting aea.net slash training. Also, AEA members, uh, please know that you can now register for any of the six AEA regionals that are set for later this year. The first regional is going to take place in Canada, and that'll be in Calgary, Alberta, on August the 24th and 25th. And then the first regional will take place in the United States, September 14th and 15th, and that will be for the East Regional in Daytona Beach, Florida. Registration is available for both attendees and exhibitors for all six of those AEA regionals at aea.net slash regionals. And that's going to wrap it up for today. We hope you can join us again soon for another episode of AEA Amplified, sponsored by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company. To learn more about Genesis and its full range of upgrade solutions, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. Thanks again to Matt Hera of Mid-Continent Instruments and Avionics for being our guest today. And until next time here on AEA Amplified, for our producer-engineer Aaron Ward, this is your host, Jeff Hill, wishing you blue skies ahead. So long, everybody. 